Good morning, church. Here we are on Valentine's Day, February 14th, and every year on this date, I replay this particular memory that I have. Uh, I replay it in my heart and my mind, and every time uh, it makes me smile. This was years ago now. I was a student at Abilene Christian. Lauren and I had, had met a couple of times. We didn't know each other really well, and I knew that I was interested in getting to know her, and not just getting to know her, uh, but I, I really wanted to figure out how to ask her on a date. And I was not, uh, nor am I now, the most uh, romantic, smooth person when it comes to trying to figure something like that out, but it was close to Valentine's Day. And so I I got this idea of putting a rose and a note on her car so that the, the first thing she would see that morning is this rose and a note from a secret admirer. I was going to wait almost all of the day and kind of let her wonder who is this person who left the note and the rose, the flower, and, and then I would let her know it was me, and then I would formally ask her out on our first date. And so I, I got the day before the, the rose, the, wrote, picked this card out, wrote what I, I could in it that I felt was was going to to communicate a little bit of my hope and my excitement uh, of being able to get to go on a date together. Got them ready, and early the next morning, five o'clock in the morning, I drove in front of her house, left my car running there on the curb, uh, right kind of near her driveway, and, and quickly got to her car, put the, the rose and the, the card underneath the windshield wiper, and at the moment I did that, I heard the sound of my driver's side door closing. You know, some kind of breeze had come up or something. And I knew in that moment, my heart sunk because this was an old enough car that, you know, the driver's side door could not only close, but possibly lock even with the car running. And I had this habit at that time with that car of just automatically locking my, my driver's side door when I would get out. And so I knew there was a very good chance that I had just accidentally trapped myself and my running car right at the foot of Lauren's driveway. And I had this sense, again, I'm, I'm not the, the most uh, uh, you know, romantic, creative guy in the world when it comes to stuff like this, but I had a sense that I was going to somehow ruin the moment if when Lauren walked out early that morning, she didn't just see you know, the note and the, and the rose and, and, and had to wonder all day, but if I was standing there trying to smile with my car running in the street just behind me. So I ran over to the car and I reached out to, to grab the handle and I pulled and it was locked. And I, I started just racking my mind to think, is there any place that I could find a, an extra key that, I, that I, I didn't know? I was certain that I, even if I did try to walk somewhere and get back, it was going to be too late. And so the, the only hope I had was, was that somehow or another, I hadn't locked the passenger side door. And so I, there have been few times in my life when I prayed this hard, but I begged for God to let that door be open. And I made my way around the car and I reached out to grab that handle and it opened. And the rest, they say, uh, is history. Now, I don't know what kind of memories you carry in your heart and your mind that are attached to this, this day on the calendar, February 14th. But one way or another, right, we, we all of us in, in our, our culture, and our world, we think about love on this day. And we really think about romantic love. You know, we think about 
exchanging Valentine's cards and we talk, we think about having, you know, those first conversations with somebody that maybe we eventually fell in love with and then got married to. And, and all of us, you know, we, we picture candles and, and special dinners and, and just all of that, that moment of connection, that excitement that you have when you realize that, that you're about to give your heart to somebody else romantically. But love, and we all know this, love is far more than romance. I mean, as amazing as romance can be, love is, is bigger than that. There's more to it than that. That it includes candlelit dinners and, and, and kind cards and, and times when you connect with somebody else on that level. But there's other ways to connect with other people through love. And so even though Valentine's Day centers on romantic love, I would like us as a faith community this morning to intentionally expand our view of of love, to to, to pull out, to zoom out, and and to think of a bigger picture than just this idea of secret admirers and and special dates that we could go on, to this idea of, of needing human connection. And the fact that the God who created us knows how much we, we live longing for that kind of human connection, to, to know one another, to be deeply known, to share our hopes and our dreams, to share life together. I want us today to think about all of the ways that love makes our lives truly worth living. The ways that, that God's love, real love, has this ability to help us not only connect with one another, but to be there for one another. One of the most famous passages in all of Scripture, when you start to think about the immensity, the the scope of love, is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I want to read some of those words together now. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and find 1 Corinthians 13. We'll start reading together in verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now I I know whether you grow up going to church or not, there's a very good chance that you have heard this passage read before. In fact, there's a a relatively good chance that you might have heard this passage read many, many times before. 
And yet, regardless of how many times I I read it or, or hear someone else read it out loud, I'm always surprised once again at the beauty of the Apostle Paul's words as he tries to describe something that in, in very real ways is, is too much to, to contain in words. Love is patient. Love is kind. Doesn't envy. Doesn't boast. Isn't proud. He keeps, he keeps trying his best to, to describe the many sides of love. And all of us know from experience that there are all kinds of different ways for us to describe the experience of both, of, of, of both sharing and receiving love in our relationships. We, like Paul, have tried to put into words something that is beyond description, something that's beyond words. But I want us to think for a moment at, at how Paul is, is describing not just the sides to love, but, but the different kinds of shape that love can take. Because, you know, as I think about this morning, for, for months now, we have, we have been reminded of how uncertain our lives can be, how difficult it is to, to accurately predict exactly what's going to happen next, how to be prepared when you can't really predict. And, and all of it has been a real struggle for me. I, I like certainty. I like to be able to predict. I like to be able to know. And yet so many things in our lives are, are constantly changing. And it's not like those very, th- th- those things that we struggle with in our life, like, like we have the ability to, to stop them from changing. It's not like those things ask us if it's okay if they change. We just simply have to face all kinds of unexpected, unpredictable change It seems like day after day after day. And so it's common, I think, for us to think, okay, in a world where everything's changing, where if if we're not going online as a church because of COVID-19, then here we are having to go back online for just just a week, but still we have to go back online because of this polar vortex that we're hoping will pass very, very soon. Right? If, if it's not disease, it's the weather. If it's not the weather, maybe it's something going on in your life. What, whatever it is, we have to deal with this constant change. And so, you know, I, I was tempted in reading this passage this morning to think, you know, what I, what I could say today is with all the things that change in our lives, the one thing that doesn't change is God's love. You know, with all the things that are uncertain, with, with all the things that aren't constant, The one thing that is constant is God's love, real love, the kind of love that makes life worth living. And yet, the the more I listen to the way the Apostle Paul is, is talking about love, he's not just talking about all the many different sides to love. I think he's trying to talk about the way we realize that love takes different shapes. Right? That That with all the things that change in our lives, we might be tempted to say, well, love doesn't change. But love does change. And and thank God that it does because we need love to change. We need love to take whatever shape the situation calls for. And that's the miracle of God's love. That's the miracle of real love. It's able to take whatever shape the situation calls for. 
You know, when Paul says love is patient, he doesn't mean love is always patient. He means in, in moments, in situations, in, in experiences where what somebody else needs is, is us to show patience, then if we want to express love to them, then we need to be patient. But there are also times, and you and I have experienced in our lives, when, when the last thing somebody needs, if, if we're really going to take care of them and provide for them and, and care about them, the last thing they need is for us to keep asking them to wait longer. And in that moment, in that kind of situation, love isn't patient. It's urgent. You know, he says love is patient, love is kind. There are many situations when what somebody really needs the most from us is kindness. In an unkind world, that can often be one of the most effective shapes that our love can take. This love that God gives us and we share with one another, right? But there are other times when we're close enough to somebody and they're making a mistake and they need us out of love for them to confront them. And even if we try our hardest to confront them in a way that they can hear, my guess is they wouldn't later describe that moment and say it was a a moment of kindness. That wouldn't be the word they would reach for to describe love in that moment. You know, it doesn't envy. Well, love, love doesn't envy, but love deeply desires. Right? It It isn't proud, he says. No, but there's times when love, what somebody needs from us, when we're trying to to express to them that we care for them, is confidence. Confidence not only in them, but maybe confidence in us together. Love has this amazing ability to change shape, to take whatever shape the situation calls for. And too often, I think you and I get used to expressing love in all the same ways all the time. We kind of get stuck in in a rut and, and we think, well, this is what it means. This is how it feels. This is what it looks like for me to be loving in this moment to this person. But then even if the situation changes or the moment passes, we, we go back to the same approach. We go back to the same behavior. We go back to expressing love in the same way. And we know this. Let's go back for a moment to the idea of of romantic love. I think about that moment when I almost accidentally locked myself, or at least my running car, out in front of Lauren's house. Right? I think about going through that effort to to try to, to be romantic. And then I think about a couple of months after that when we were dating and Lauren was wanting to, to express to me how much I meant to her. And I came out of school one day after being in the library all day long working on a paper. And she had, had taken, uh, had printed out all of these verses uh, about love from the Bible. And she had basically wrapped my car in these verses. I couldn't even get into the the car to drive it home. I had to take all this time to, to unwrap my car with, with these, these words from God's word about love. And it took me so much longer to get home that day than it had ever taken me before. And yet I smiled the entire time because, because Lauren was trying to find a way to express to me that we were at the beginning of this, this relationship and it was exciting and, and we, wanted, we wanted to find a way to express that, right? And so that's the shape her love 
took in that moment, in that situation. But as I think about now, you know, we've, we've shared life together for, for almost two decades now as a married couple. And I, I think about, okay, well, what does love look like now? You know, what shape does it take now in our lives? And, and a lot of times, to be honest with you, it's, it's not that I walk out and my, my truck is wrapped up in, in Bible verses, right? But now I, I come home and I see Lauren at the table spending time investing deeply in, in both of the girls, trying to help them with their schoolwork. And I know she's already had a long day, and I know that they're struggling, that the girls are with some of their homework and trying, especially when it comes to math, it's just always a struggle. But Lauren's there, patient, listening, loving. And I feel loved in that moment. I am loved in that moment. It's different than, than the way it was at the very beginning, but it's, it's real and it's deep. And I, I need for it to take a different shape now. I, I find ways to express my love to Lauren where I kind of step out in faith and try to fix things in the house that I have to watch two or three YouTube videos to kind of me- make sure I'm not going to mess it up or I, I, you know, take her car to go get it fixed or I, you know, all these things that you do that you might just call chores around the house that become important moments every single day when we express our love for one another. But the situation has changed and so the shape of our love needs to change. Sometimes love looks like talking. Sometimes love looks like listening. You can't talk and listen at the same time. Love does have all these different sides to it, but it actually has to take different shapes. You know, sometimes love looks like discipline. Sometimes love looks like this moment where the person understands that they should have to face discipline and you let them off the hook because you want them to understand that that love isn't always discipline. Sometimes what love feels like is grace. You know, love, love can be a moment of confrontation and love can be a moment of embrace. Love takes all of these different shapes and I suppose the shape that's supposed to give structure and direction to our lives more than any other shape is the shape of a cross. Now, Jesus becomes the best image we're ever going to get of what, what love looks like as it moves through the world, as it moves through our lives, and eventually the place where Jesus is willing to go because of how much he cares for us and cares for everybody in the world, because he has to do something to deal with the brokenness of our sin and the ways that we've let each other down and we've broken all of our other relationships, right? He, he's willing for his love to take the shape of a cross. And that's why we're gathered around this table this morning. Love, real love, it's constantly changing It's constantly taking whatever shape the situation calls for. And I don't know what kind of situation you're in this morning, but I know God wants you to experience his love. And I know that we need to find, brothers and sisters, we need to find a way to be bearers of that love. That we need to use our creativity and our imagination of of ways that maybe we've never known how to show somebody their love before, but we're going to try it because... What we've been doing isn't working or or it's not reaching them. And so we find a new shape 
to express that love, to live that love. And you know, not, not only does love take different shapes, but it speaks through different voices. It shows up in, in different faces. And so uh, the, the last couple of weeks, we've been working on asking different members of our church family here at Southern Hills to focus on real love, God's love. And I, I'm so happy that we're this morning together going to get to see those faces and hear those voices as they remind us of the truth that it's God's love that really does make our lives worth living. Love never gives up on people. Love never stops trusting. Love never loses hope. Love never quits. Love never ends. I think love is assuming the best about a person. I think love is being able to put the needs of others before yourself. As Paul tells us in Corinthians, love is patient, it's kind, um, it doesn't want things for itself, but it puts others above self. I would define love as buying an alpaca ranch for your wife who loves alpacas. I believe that love is a powerful force, but it can be fragile and so it must be tended. I would define love as when people are caring for one another. To be unselfishly patient and kind, in a poetic way, fervent. Love is seeking the absolute best for someone else. Love is when my family lets me pick the restaurant, even though I pick chilies every time. A time I felt loved was last summer when I joined the youth group in the middle of a pandemic, but they still made it feel special. The time in my life when I felt truly loved is when I was going through cancer as a child and so many people from this church and community walked alongside my family and I. A time in my life when I felt truly loved was when I had surgery on my knee. I got so many encouraging texts and letters from my friends, family, and church family. I feel most loved when I'm hugged by one of my eight beautiful granddaughters. I'm a huge Rangers fan, and in the original ballpark in the 70s, my family and I went all the time, and Shane knew how much I loved um, baseball and what that meant to me, and one day he found someone who made pens out of the old seats, and he just bought it for me because he knew it would make me happy. So I think just to be fully known is something we all crave and desire, and it just made me feel truly loved to, to know he knows me like that. A time in my life I truly felt loved was on my wedding day when the 10 people who, could, who were allowed to come because of COVID gathered around Avery and I and celebrated us. They rejoiced with us and they spoke life into our marriage. A time in my life when I felt most loved, if I can say this, tell this, um, Bob was in the hospital and um, he had been there for about a week and we were coming home and it was probably about seven or eight o'clock at night. And <clears throat> when we got home, there was supper on the stove. No one was there, but someone has certainly been there. And it was a wonderful feeling. A time in my life when I felt truly loved was when our son-in-law got deathly ill with Ebola and our family was flooded with love and kindness. I'll never forget it. 
A couple that comes to mind when I think of love is Wes and Holly Rocca. I think of Carrie and Erica Beard. I think of sweethearts Bill and Melba. Someone who comes to mind when I think of what love is are the people who've helped us know how to raise alpacas. The couple that showed me what committed love looks like are definitely my parents. In over 50 years of marriage, I've seen them go through all kinds of trials, but the way that they serve and love each other is truly amazing. When I think of true love, I think of my friend John Thomas and how he cared for Cindy when she was in Lindale. When I think of committed love, I think of parents with a child who has special needs. The Arduinos. Uh, many, many times Janet has just stood out and, as having a very difficult time, but yet never ruffled and always uh, taking care of Jonathan and um, doing all the other things that she had to do. When I became a parent, I really started to understand how God loves me. And throughout the years, I can see that He loves us unconditionally and totally. And He's for us and He loves us with everything He has. I believe God's love is the greatest and most treasured gift. I believe God's love is shown when He created alpacas for my wife to love. I believe God's love flows like a river of grace that fights for my heart and my soul. It is inconceivable, but also personal. It can be known and makes us whole. Something I believe is true about God's love is that it is never ending. He loves us through our sins and through our hard times, and he's always there to forgive us and love us. I always know that He is there and He knows what I'm going through, uh, that He loves me and that He's going to take care of me and I never have any doubts. What a blessing to get to see those faces, to hear those voices, to get to, to share in those stories. God's love, real love, really does make our lives worth living. And yet our lives really are, at the same time, always changing. You know, Paul says he starts out as a child, and then he grows up, and he's not a child anymore. And he says that knowledge will pass away, and prophecies cease. And, and he talks as if love is, is more permanent than those things, and it is. But permanent doesn't mean unchanging, you know, love is eternal, but it's always changing because the situations we find ourselves in are always changing and God is always seeking to find new ways to show us his love. He's asking us to find new ways to show our love, to, to share his love with, with each other. You know, in a, in a world where things are, are never constant, God's Love, his desire to love us is constant, and yet there's this constant creativity to how God wants us to experience it. So as we come to this moment, as we, once again, as we do every week, focus on the love that, that takes the shape of a cross, the flesh and the blood of Jesus that he, he gives us, that he gives us himself, may we find a way in this moment to experience that love in new ways, 
to encounter that love in new shapes so that we never get over it, so that we never feel like we we know all there is to know about the way God loves us. Because brothers and sisters, the wonderful news this morning is we don't. There's always more to experience. There is always more to discover. Let's pray together now. God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, the gift of your living, breathing love that's constantly seeking to reach us in new and unexpected ways. Help us to not only feast on that love this morning, not only to drink it in, but God, help us to be shaped by it, to become people who find new ways to express the love we've, we've tasted from you, that we've experienced from you, and, and give it to our brothers and sisters. We want to be changed by your love, God. Help us, help us to be more like your son. It's in his name we pray, amen.